The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. It is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tupper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine. TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to. On the podcast vendor of your choice. Sorry, I've had a lot of coffee this morning. <laughs> Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, making us sound good today, celebrating his 51st birthday. Happy birthday to the new Jimmy Buffett, Dave Matthews. Is he? I feel like Kenny Chesney is the new Jimmy Buffett. Oh, so the question is, so, so here's how I define the new Jimmy Buffett. Okay. The guy who's going to tour until he's dead and okay. is going to continue to sell out all, all these like outdoor stadiums uh-huh. that people are going to come to. Now, Kenny Chesney's an outstanding point pick too. I mean, he's basically trying to be Jimmy Buffett, only a little bit more country. Yeah, that's like. Yeah, I mean, Ken, like, when, Ken like, like the when the sun goes down, is a Jimmy Buffett. Oh song. no, for sure. Right. They're all. I mean, he, he has a sh- song called like "No Shoes, No Shirt, No Problem." Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. But Dave Matthews. I mean, Dave Matthews is on that. That he's now on like basically nonstop touring. Yeah. Where he's only going around in the same circle, like he's in yeah. here in DFW. He's it's always during magazine season because the same couple of friends ask me to go every single year, and I can't. But I think the bigger indictment here is that you have friends who want to go to a Dave Matthews concert. Oh, buddy, I've got many friends who All go right. to Dave Matthews concerts. Right. My wife has been to a couple. Dave I Matthews think I'd concerts. go to a Kenny Chesney concert before a Dave Matthews concert, and I'm a music snob. Oh, yeah, that's a just for the sheer people watching. You really good. No, Hank three fans. Here, yeah, right? <laughs> you think Hank Three is the next Jimmy Buffett? No, well, that's the only <laughs> argument here. Yeah, and and uh, that but that he could tour for he that's will yes. tour forever. Yeah, he will the, tour forever. yeah. The question Correct. is who's gonna who's gonna tour forever? That's why I think Dave Matthews is on that track of like yeah. He'll be eighty five. He'll be playing the same fifteen songs. Well, and, and it's everyone like, will go out there like he's gonna play Margaritaville. Some people know? get away with it, right? It, but like at some point the jig's up, like. If you're being honest, the jig is up, is right? It? But here's, <laughs> but it brings up a point, and actually, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a chance to score points with my wife, Greg oh, Tepper. Oh God! And this is, so her friend texts her because her her friend's husband is an A and R in the music industry, mm-hmm. right? And he was, she was like, oh, the Rolling Stones are coming to town. I can't wait to see him. And he's like, why? He's mm-hmm. like, they're all elderly grandpas. It stinks. We're not going. And she was like, what? It's the Rolling Stones. And he's like, it used to be the Rolling no, Stones. Yeah. It's not anymore. And we all agree, like, it's over. Yeah. Going to see him now is just to say you did it, but you didn't see the Rolling Stones. You go to you go to a Rolling Stones concert for the same reason that you go to a museum. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I've, I did it. Like, if you're in St. Louis, you go to the Arch. Why do you go to the Arch? It's not because the Arch is great. It's because you just go, oh, yeah. I went to the Arch. I have seen the Arch. I have seen the Arch. Yeah. The Rolling Stones are this gateway <laughs> Arch. 
That's the official stance of the show. The Gateway Arch with better songs. Anyway, happy birthday, Dave Matthews. <laughs> well, today, today is Wednesday, January 9th, 2019, 323 days until Thanksgiving, episode 686. 686, number of hits for Will Clark in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. Sweet swinging Will Clark. That's a bona fide actual good ranger. There you go. You got traded. Also a great San Francisco Giant. An excellent San Francisco Giant. That voice you hear is uh, the voice of uh, Greg Powers, our recruiting analyst from Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at gpower 79 and follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at nextleveld one On today's show, we're going to be doing This Week in Cruton, as we do every Wednesday with Mr. Powers. And then back half of the show, we're going to begin our series of Texas high school football year in reviews regionally. We're going to start, we're going to go from the smallest region all the way up to the largest region. This is based on the number of schools in that region. We start the Brazos Valley. We'll talk about greater Aggieland football coming up here in just a moment. I'm Greg Tupper. That's Greg Powers. And this is This Week in Cruton. The the mic, I did the mic grab. You didn't get it. I mean, it's been a while since I we've know, done this. I know, it feels like forever. It, it has been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been busy. With Greg Powers, our, our recruiting analyst from Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at gpower79. Follow Next Level Athlete at nextleveld1. Um, so we're going to go through and, and very Houston heavy and very big boy heavy. I, you I, really, I like it. You really stole the headline here is Houston heavy, the Bayou City, H-Town, Magnolia City, Clutch City. Every, it's Everything. all Houston today. It's all Houston today, and that's because there's a lot to talk about in Houston. Let's start talk about, oh, man, I don't have a magazine. Uh, let's talk about our recruit of the week. Our recruit of the week is our Dave Campbell's Texas Football Rising Magazine cover boy. Uh, Kenyon Green, Humble Tascasita, uh, offensive tackle. Uh, we've had conversations, obviously, about him. We put him on the cover of our dang magazine. Right. Uh, the Texas A&M signee? Yep. Yeah, signee. signee. Um, I mean, this guy has an argument to be the number one recruit in the in the class, I, I think. At least the one that's staying in state. Right. And the case gets made, I think, every day as this goes along. Maybe mm-hmm. he is that number one player mm-hmm. in the state. You know, it's... It's a big deal. Uh, he really went out to the Under Armour All-America game and, and dominated the competition and practice out there and had a really strong showing in the game. And, and you can kind of see why as you watch his highlights play here. He's very athletic for a big guy, and his versatility uh, is up there. He could, If he doesn't work out at tackle, he can slide in and play guard. And I think that there's a case to be made that the day that he steps on campus at Texas A&M, he's the most talented offensive lineman on that roster from top to bottom. He's going to be a young guy. He's going to have to – earn his stripes there but talent wise there's no question uh he has the feet the footwork mm-hmm. and the strength to come in and make an immediate roster impact that's the thing that kind of strikes me about Kenyon green is when you watch his tape and we're, we're watching some film uh right now on him is that um he's obviously big right now right uh, but it's not just that he's big right now he's also got that outstanding frame but that, look at him he's 330 yeah it, it doesn't look 330 <laughs> no he doesn't he's he's he, I don't know if there's ever been a guy who's a super athletic 330. Right. That's what Kenyon Green is. He is. He looks like like there guys who look 330 tend to look doughy. Right. He does not look doughy. No, not at all. And he, what's cool about him too, I think, is you always want to project project these guys out at left tackle. Well, he's made a living being a great right tackle mm-hmm. in high school, and you need those guys too. Could he play left tackle? Yes, but he's like a guy who could step in right away. 
and be a right tackle in the SEC, and there aren't too many guys who can play tackle at that level uh, very early on in yeah, his career. Ke- yeah, Kenyon Green was is a guy we've had our eye on for a while. There's a reason why we put him on the cover. Yeah, it wasn't an accident. I mean, it's not an accident. This guy's one of the very best prospects in the country, uh, now signed with Texas A&M and going to have an opportunity to uh, to make some noise. Uh, prospects on the rise, let's talk. Let's stay in the H-Town area, and let's go to a place that's, that's used to putting out big defensive linemen. Uh, but Spring Westfield's got an outstanding offensive lineman in Cedric Claiborne, um, a kid who uh, is starting to turn a lot more heads now. We left one of those nicknames off the list earlier, Hustle Town, and that Hustle would be Town. a it'd be a good way to explain <laughs> Spring Westfield prospects yeah. because these guys uh, at Spring Westfield have been known to produce tremendous guys in the trenches for the next level, and not only uh, are they great high school players, they seem to produce in college. Um, uh, the hit ratio is very high there yeah. as they go on. And, and this guy really popped on the scene after a, a strong senior season. He probably shouldn't have went under the radar so long. He has the grades, the academics to mm-hmm. uh, play on the next level. But Florida State is an eye-opening offer. If the Seminoles come through and offer a guy in Texas, you're definitely going to notice that. And that was his first big Power 5 conference offer. Much to the chagrin probably of Frank Wilson and UTSA, who was probably sitting in a really good spot to land him pre-FSU, uh, that's going to make it tough for the Roadrunners, I think, to pull him in. And another guy who plays right tackle at the high school level um, but, but probably projects to stay outside, you would say? You know, what's interesting about him is he's listed at around 6'4", and actually checked in at the Nike camp at 6'4", 278. So those are confirmed heights and weights mm-hmm. from last spring. Um, so he probably has the length of a tackle, but I think that he's a guy who could possibly be looked at as an offensive center. Of course, they had a pretty good center this year in a name that we all know. Singletary was pretty good there at Spring Westfield as a center, and uh, Claiborne could probably play that on the next level as well. And you can see that he gets to the next level to make mm-hmm. blocks on linebackers, defensive backs very easily, moves his feet really well, and he's very athletic. Uh, I really liked his senior tape, and, and this was an eye-opener even for me who does this year year all year round looking at prospects. Sometimes guys slip through the cracks a little bit, and Claiborne was a name we knew, but um, – really schools and media were sleeping on him a little bit yeah here's a guy who i think that when you watch his film the thing that stands out to me is is he's a guy who finishes blocks right uh, he's going to get to the next level and regardless of whether or not he's going up against an outside linebacker or he's getting downfield and throwing a block he's a guy who finishes blocks and 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 a guy who who plays it to the whistle which is certainly something that you want to see it's a bit surprising now as you watch his tape that there weren't more local schools on him mm-hmm. big, you know um big 12 schools because he really does fit that style and of course you know Coach Taggart at FSU brings that Oregon offense with him mm-hmm. there, so I think it is a, probably a good fit. If no one else closer to home steps up, I'd keep a close eye on that. We're talking with Greg Powers, our uh, recruiting analyst from Next Level Athlete here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. We're going to stay in the same dang school district now. Uh, talk about our commit of the week. Um, and this was a big one, a guy who certainly is, is no stranger to recruiting services uh, this year, past years. Uh, Spring to Caney cornerback uh, Marcus Banks made the call. This was at the uh, All-American game, right? Right. Uh, a Saturday in San Antonio. Um, actually announced that he was going to play at Alabama, but signed in December. So it was mm. unique to see. It. I don't uh, want to say that it the was The silent kept, signee. I don't want to say that it was kept quiet. Yeah. Because everyone kind of knew that he was going to Alabama, but it wasn't announced in right. December that he was going to go to Alabama. 
Uh, of course, that's public record information. If you really wanted to find it out, you probably could. Yes. Uh, but Marcus Banks is going to go play in the SEC, which is interesting because he was a one-time LSU commitment. A lot of people thought that he would end up signing with Texas A&M. And as you watch his highlights from our Next Level Athlete event last year, what you'll quickly see is his hip flexibility, his ability to close. He's got great closing speed, good technique, you know, his quick choppy feet. Yeah. Uh, he's not your typical Alabama defensive back from a size and – uh, size pers perspective, he's not like your super big buff yeah. Alabama guy. He's not Deontay Thompson. He's not Jared Maiden even that who have a little bit more size on him. But I don't think he'll have a problem playing there. You just have to pay your dues in that Nick Saban uh, defense first. Well, that's exactly right. And, and the thing, the thing for me that that you're right is that he he may not have those those kind of measurables. But the thing that that he's got ball skills and he's got closing speed and he's right. a guy who who uh, can stay with a guy man to man and, and and then when the ball is in the air can make the, make a play on the ball when it gets there. So impressive stuff. And another guy who's uh, who's heading to the SEC with Alabama. Alabama, Marcus Banks from Spring to Caney. And then let's talk about our underclassman of the week, 2021. Let's go all the way to the class of 2021. Kid who just finished his sophomore season uh, in the Houston area. Bel Air Episcopal offensive tackle Donovan Jackson, uh, another uh, kid from that prospect factory down there at Bel Air Episcopal, and another big boy uh, in, offense, in offensive tackle Donovan Jackson, uh, is 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 certainly drawing some eyes now. Uh, the class of 2020, uh, 2021 rather, he's going to be uh, at or near the top of it. And listed at 6'4", 310 pounds, one thing that you'll quickly see about Donovan Jackson if you see him in person is his wingspan, his length as a tackle prospect. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, when we got it last year, when he checked in at one of the camps, he, it was over seven feet, I yeah. think is what – I mean, so he's – a. a prospect with a tremendous wingspan and offer list to kind of match what you would expect he went out to the all-american combine this week and was named one of the most dominating performers there regardless of position uh he's a veteran of the camp circuit and he'll be at our next level athlete camp coming up this weekend um and to me he's one of the odds on favorites to be the the o-line mvp out of the at that event but it will be a stacked group there are some really good players coming there on o-line all the early offers. I'm talking about all of them. Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A&M. I'm not going to name any more because if you have those, I mean, what, every, every, he, all the right. other ones Those count. are the ones he's considering. Correct. And the other thing for me is, is you know, a lot of times when you talk about early offers, especially for offensive linemen, guys are getting offered based on frame, right? right. They're getting based uh, on size. This is a guy who, yeah, the, the frame's impressive and that's helping. But the tape's impressive too, and this guy's got some skills. Well, right now you look at the look at the guy's arms. I mean, yeah. that's impressive for a sophomore in high school. Maybe we're revisiting the possibility that we have another offensive lineman on the cover. But that 2021 class, man, yeah. there's some dudes that yeah. can, there's some dudes that can go on the O line because you got Hayden Connor and Bryce Foster, at Katie Taylor, names we know well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be interesting to see who's not only the top player in the state in that cycle. Uh, Latrell Neville's another guy who's mm -hmm. really blowing up, but who's the best off offensive lineman? It's going to be a hot debate. Well, that's that's uh, that's it's fun to see though. It's something that you can kind of see coming a couple of years in advance. Uh, the class twenty twenty one offensive line class. I think we would have been talking about that five years ago. Like who's the best in twenty twenty one? Yeah, but that's the way the recruiting timelines change. That's that's the way it works, and and especially now, you know, you're looking down there, and and, and it's going to be loaded for class of twenty twenty one. So you better get your offers in early and often. Um, and now, uh, now you know, now we're in the off season. You know, football. Sadly, high school football in the state of Texas has ended. Uh, but now it's uh, it's camp season and uh it's a big big time season for camp season yeah, it's camp a season. big time for uh for next level athlete too yeah we're having our big camps this weekend the top 100 showcase is going to be held at barbers hill uh on saturday and yeah man i have seen 
so many recruits tweeting like the the, it's the, crazy, the, the little uh, the the invitation the thing. Invitation. Yeah, the official invitation. That's been it's been really cool. Yeah, it's uh it's gonna be a big deal. This year the camps are gonna upwards of two hundred prospects at each camp, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more, and the support has been overwhelming. A lot of top names coming to the camp. Uh we talked about a couple of the offensive linemen coming to Houston, Hayden Connor, Donovan Jackson, Latrell Neville signed up, signed up to come. Those are some of the top 2020 names here locally in Dallas. You know, guys like Ty Jordan at West mm-hmm. Mesquite. I mean, we could be talking about names all day long. Tykeus Crawford from uh, Carthage, who was a monster. I actually compared him in an article on TexasFootball.com this year to a young Trent Williams, and I really believe that. He really impressed me. He's a very, very strong kid. Uh, and a guy who I'm really excited to see are some of these under-the-radar guys who you, who the colleges and the recruitniks may not know about. You know, a Shamar Turner from DeSoto, a Jaden Landrum mm-hmm. at linebacker from Arlington Bowie. These are the type of guys who come out to this camp because of the, of the date. It's an early mm-hmm. ca- camp date that people are going to be finding out about these guys for the first time. I mean, a lot of tapes I've watched – and guys who are jumping out on the radar, even a kid that no one probably knows about, a kid named Caleb Fletcher from uh, Shirts Clemens, who, mm-hmm. man, his tape is really good. He's going to be coming to the Houston campus, 6'3", wide receiver. But we could talk about 400 names all day long. We don't have that long to talk about them, but the camp's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of fun down there going down Barber's Hill uh, this weekend, right? Yeah, this weekend, Saturday at Barber's Hill, Sunday at LD Bell. So if okay. any media is listening to this, you want to come out, hit me up on Twitter, at okay. GPower79. We can work it out. He is Greg Powers. He's our recruiting analyst here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football with Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at GPower79 and follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. Powers, appreciate it. Let's do it again next week. Let's do it. Thanks, Greg. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. We want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That is our subscription package at TexasFootball.com. You get two magazines, a 2000 and. 18 recruiting edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football just came out, profiling more than 400 prospects around the state from the class of 2020, 2019, which are kids who may have already just signed in the early signing period, all the way to the class of 2022, which are kids who just finished their freshman year. You get that, we'll drop it in the mail for you today if you subscribe today. You also get pre-ordered for the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the Bible of Texas Football, the 400-page magazine previewing every team in the state. It's the must-read thing if you're a football fan in Texas, if I may say so myself. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections of every Texas high school football game, uh, a season's worth of Tep and Step, our premium high school football insider podcast with Matt Step and I. You get recruiting analysis from our friends at Next Level Athlete. If you like what you just heard from Greg Powers, you can get a lot more of that at TexasFootball.com. Texas Football Today extras, all sorts of good stuff, all that for the low, low price of $19.95 for an entire year. $19.95 for an entire year, two magazines, a year's worth of content, and $19.95 for an entire year. Makes a great gift as well. It's TexasFootball.com slash insider to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. So now the Texas high school football season has come to a close, sadly, uh, and we are going to begin to sift through the data and figure out exactly uh, what it is that uh, that we've learned from the uh, from the 2018 uh, season. A lot going on, a lot to uh, a lot to unravel, and so there's there's really no good way of doing it because Texas high school football is so large and unwieldy, and so the best way to do it that I think is to go region by region and to talk about the best 
uh, of each region around the state. And we're going to go from the smallest region as far as uh, schools involved in that region or included in that region all the way to the largest region. If you're interested, the largest region is, uh, let's see, DFW, which has uh, 211 schools. But the smallest region, it's actually tied for the smallest, but it's first alphabetically as far as the smallest, with 23 schools. Let's talk about the Brazos Valley. Go down to uh, Greater Brazos County, um, the... Uh, Basically, surrounding College Station area, uh, and let's talk about these two, uh, these teams uh, down there. Kind of break down a variety of different points. Let's start with the big picture. If you get into the big picture of the Brazos Valley, I think that in 2018, the name of the game was the Small School Uprising. You know, the year before, there was a lot of anticipation around. Um, a&M Consolidated, which of course is the is kind of the preeminent program down there. Them or Brenham, uh, two of the big teams uh, around there. Um, of course, there was the defending state champion, College Station. But I think when you look at the Brazos Valley in 2018, it was the year of the small school. I think it was a lot of the smaller schools in the 3A and 2A uh, you know level uh, that did a lot of the damage. Even you include 4A, a team like Madisonville. Um, I think that overall, when you take a look at the Brazos Valley, we're going to remember 2018 as a year that it was uh, a great year for small schools. Big schools, pretty good. You know, not bad. I think College Station, uh, they're, you know, they, they fall short in the area around to, uh, to an eventual state champion in Highland Park. Uh, you know, a Consolidated had a nice year. Uh, I think they had higher hopes than they, they uh, ended up getting to. But I will say that overall, I think that the biggest storyline of 2018 in the Brazos Valley uh, was teams uh, like Franklin, was teams like Burton, was teams uh, like Snook, like Hearn. Uh, really good teams down there at the small school level that ended up kind of setting the tone for the 2018 season in the Brazos Valley. Uh, let's go with team of the year. Team of the year, I think uh, it's got to be Franklin. It's a tough call, though. This is. There's a, there's a number of them yeah. uh, that we're going to get to, and I kind of want to spread it around a little bit, but I think Franklin uh, was awful impressive this year, what they were able to do. Uh, you know, a team that we had high hopes for, but maybe not necessarily as high as they ended up going to, uh, but this Franklin team uh, really, you know, really put something together, a, a, a run, I believe, to the... Um, uh, they, they end up running to the, the regionals, uh, lose by three points to eventual state champ Grandview. Uh, our Dave Campbell's computer rankings actually has Franklin second in the state yeah. uh, in 3A Division I, um, only behind the champion Grandview. And and I'll tell you that, that I think that that defense, this was a pretty vintage Franklin team. It really what, was. What, what, what Mike Hedrick wants to do there is play defense and run the ball. And this is what that Franklin team did. Um, you know, they didn't go, I think they ended up running into a, what what I think we feel like now is a team of destiny. It's easy yeah. to say after the fact. It's a little easier loss to the stomach than the one the year before. I mean, they lost to Teague last year, mm -hmm. and Teague didn't end up doing much with that, whereas this year you lose the eventual state champion, and it turns out you played them better than pretty much anyone. I think that's exactly you know, right. That's so, not necessarily the solace you want. I mean, want. Franklin played 12 games and gave up 115 points. Yeah, they're really good. They were really, really good. I think they would have to be yeah. considered my team of the year in, in the Brasses Valley. Uh, the biggest surprise of the year, how about... The Snook Blue Jays. Man, they can play some freaking offense. This was a really, really fun team to yeah. watch, uh, and a team that we basically had no expectations yeah. for. Um, a team I would need to look it up in the magazine, but we may have picked them out of the playoffs. They end up going nine and three. The offense was a fire, th firecracker. Uh, they were actually uh, began the year in our preseason rankings fiftieth in two A Division two. They end up finishing seventeenth with a nine and three record. Uh, they lose to Fall City, an eventual state semifinalist um, in the in the area round. But uh, you know, basically, that's just a bad draw for them. I thought Snook was awful impressive, uh, a team that I think exceeded all expectations there in Blue Jay country. A lot to be proud of there for Snook. They are my surprise of the year in the Brazos Valley. Uh, Coach of the year. 
Let's go with Brandon Houston at Buffalo. Um, a first-year coach there uh, for the Bison and, uh, of course, came in with a pedigree, right? He helped. He was the offensive coordinator for that Rockdale team that ended up winning the state championship in 2017. But I think we wondered, okay, what's, what's he going to do when he gets the, the head coaching job? Well, he turned Buffalo into a real powerhouse and a team that I think uh, exceeded even their high expectations. You know, Buffalo ended up uh, winning the district championship. Uh, they ended up going to the regionals and lose to, uh, lose to Holiday there, I think in a bit of an upset there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, overall, this Buffalo team... And, and what Brandon Houston was able to instill in there, um, I thought was awful, awful impressive. Um, you know, this was a team that, that we, we thought had a chance to be pretty good, but just because, you you know, stepping into a new job is never going to be easy. But I think Brandon Houston did it really well uh, and stepped in and guided them to a 12-win season. Um, set the bar high, though. Set the bar very high. <laughs> I mean, look, man. No pressure, but now yeah. all you got to do is go out there and do it again. Yeah, uh, so Buffalo, uh, Buffalo coach Brandon Houston is our regional coach of the year down there. Regional player of the year, let's go with D. Winters at Burton. I think that um, you know there's a lot of great players down there in the yeah. Brazos Valley, but I, I think that this was a kid who really stood out to me. Um, a guy who... Um, uh, a, a guy who who basically you could always tell when it was winning time for Burton they yeah. just tur- they just turned to D Winters they say okay and you go watch that that regional final uh, between them and Fall City uh, they, yes they fell short but that final drive what they did was they turned to D Winters and they said all right we're gonna snap the ball to you and you're gonna run uh, <laughs> you're the guy who we're gonna count on yeah. this guy was a, a special special player for Burton for a long time I know they're going to miss him dearly but this was a kid who who put on a show as a senior I think he was the most valuable player down there uh, Burton would have been a good team without Demondrick yeah. Winters, yeah. but he was a guy who took them to the next level. Yeah. And so Burton athlete uh, D Winters is my pick for regional player of the year. And then let's take a really way too early look ahead to 2019. Obviously, you know the what's going to be interesting is this year is not a realignment year. Um, we've got the same districts for another year. Um, and I would say, you know, we talked a lot in the beginning uh, about how this is the year of the small schools. I think that this could be a bounce back year for the big schools. And I think it could be uh, th- those blue bloods kind of bouncing back. I think it could be teams like A&M Consolidated having another big year. I know they bring a lot back. College Station, I think, could have another big year uh, as as well. Uh, Brenham, I think, could be back. Um, you, I think that there's a lot of teams down there in that Bryan area that I think Bryan is very um, hungry for a winner. And I think that they could be uh, could be moving on the rise. I thought that you know it, it obviously um, didn't turn out in the way that they they had hoped for. Um, and we're you know we're kind of talking about um, teams uh, move making a step up. But I I liked what I saw from Brian Rutter, uh, a team that that really looked you know to you know if I may use a pun a bit rudderless. Oh, um, to go four and six this year I think was really a good step in the right direction for Rudder, and I think that Brian could be on the rise. So what I'm interested in in the re- in in that area is um you know between them between Brian I think that we could have kind of a rise of those uh, a bounce back year for those big schools uh, for those blue bloods down there. Um you know yes it's a lot of fun to talk about the Franklins and the and the Buffaloes and the Snooks and the Hearns. Uh, Hearns another team we probably didn't spend enough time talking about but was outstanding. Bremont had another nice year, but I will say that for me, I, uh, for 2018, I look for 2019 rather. I look for those big schools down there uh, in College Station and in Bryan, uh, in that kind of greater BCS area, uh, to start making that step forward and and prove that last year, yeah, it was a, you know a bit of an average year for Bryan College Station. I think that it could be a bigger year in 2019. So uh, that is my early 2019 look ahead, and that is our regional uh, our regional uh, recap, our regional what are we calling it? Post year in review, post mortem, yeah, oh, sure, whatever you whatever. call it. Okay. I don't know for the Bri- for Brazos Valley. <laughs> we'll 
change every day. Um, I believe tomorrow we will be talking about South Texas. So we'll be oh, talking okay. about Greater Laredo um, right. and talk about what we saw down there in the Laredo area. So that is our Brazos Valley year in review. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Let's party. Um... Let's just start. We'll go backwards. Jacob John asks, can you put the region map on the Dave Campbell's website? Yeah. I know Texas geography, some, but not all. Yeah. Well. And, and, and people differ on the regions, don't so they? So we do. So we this is this is according to the Dave Campbell's Texas football. Right. Um, we we kind of break down. This is the one that also Fox Sports Southwest uses. Um, do you know how it matches up with Texas Bob? Um, Matt, Matt said they have a regional route on t- on Texas Bob. They have a map on. on yeah, there, I don't. I don't know. I, don't know. I know we we use that kind of as a as a guide, but then. Um, Picking some nits. Uh, basically, Craig Way and I got yeah. together and, and kind of put this thing together. Okay. Um, it, the, what's weird is that we will we I think much like Texas Bob and I don't want to speak for them yeah. uh, for the McSpadens, but I believe that we if you are in a county, um, then you will be um, you will be included into into whatever region. But you draw All, lines everyone through in the counties. What's up? But you'll but the difference is you draw lines through counties. We can draw lines yeah. through counties because one thing we'll do is that I t- I went and I looked at what each uh, if you're in the district. So mm-hmm. for example, uh, we have Conroe Oak Ridge in a um, in in the Brazos Valley. That's probably not fair, bec- yeah. but Bra- they play only Brazos Valley schools in their district, and right. so it seems odd to yeah. separate them. Uh, I'll put that up at TexasFootball.com for you guys to see and you guys to yell at me. Uh, about it, but uh, but I'll put up the map to, to, so that you guys can see uh, where everybody is. Fair enough. Uh, Brent Holman wants a Hank update. Uh, I left this morning at 8 o'clock, and he was uh, alive. That's good. Uh, he also wants to know, uh, what or, in, or any big changes will the UIL make before next year? I was trying to think of anything off the top of my head. I don't have anything. I don't think so. I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything imminent. The only thing that I would say uh, to keep an eye on, and I don't think it's coming this year, but in the non-realignment years is when they tend to make decisions about what the next realignment will look like. And so if there is a 6A split coming, uh, much like they did with 5A where it's pre-divided into 5A Division One and 5A Division Two, if that's coming, it would come, I would say, during this offseason. Yeah. Um, I don't anticipate. I have not heard from people, uh, and, and from what I understand, the UIL kind of sent out some feelers and said, uh, hey, coaches, what would you think about that? And right now the appetite is not there among 6A right. coaches to split uh, Class 6A, but um, I have been surprised before. Yeah. I think the biggest news in general so far is uh, the Erie County news. They're, yes. They're dropping down to six-man, which opens up a bunch of 11-man schedules. So Erie County, yeah, for those who don't know, Erie County, they were actually toying with this last offseason too, and yeah. I believe they ended up saying, no, we're going to go and play 11-man for one more year. Well, it didn't go well for Erie County, and they're now going to uh, drop down and play, I believe, an outlaw six-man yeah. schedule in 2019. Uh, but obviously that opens up things, and, and there's now 10 teams that need an extra game. Um, or they can take a double buy. So a lot going on there, but Erie County is going to drop to six men starting in 2019. Um, did you see the uh, the basketball score from last night? Yeah, well, 110 to two. Yeah, Santa Rosa yeah. beat Brownsville Idea River Riverside River View. Okay, uh, 110 to two. Okay. Um, so there's some basketball news. They got for you. those two. They did get those two. Um, Rob Hadaway wants to know, did you figure out how, when the super team will be announced? We did. Yes. We jumped the gun a little bit. We did. Uh, so so our front we, um for those who don't know, it's the Whataburger yeah. super team. It's the thing you've been voting for at yeah. TexasFootball.com, and you've been voting a lot. Yes. You've been voting a lot. A whole heck of a lot. We talked with our friends at Whataburger yesterday. 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 Monday. Uh, and they like have requested that we hold off on announcing it until they can get their ducks in a row until next Wednesday. So yeah, a week Wednesday. from today. Here. 
here on Texas Football Today, we will announce the Whataburger Super Team yeah. um, here on the show next Wednesday. So we apologize. We lied to you on m Monday, but it's actually not our decision. Yeah, we're to just make. getting you excited. This yes. this bat time, this bat channel, though. Be back here. Mm -hmm. uh, Elvin Price, my man, wants to know, what do you think about Kingsbury to the Cardinals? What are they doing? This is not an NFL show. So just go get paid, man. Um, look, go get that it, money. Uh, listen, no, Cliff Kingsbury is a multiple-time um, cover boy oh, for Dave Oh, so you're taking Texas this football. one? Okay. Uh, so we do wish him all the best. We do. That's true. Um, He's Texas guy. Yeah, I yeah. mean, good for him. Whatever. Uh, it's it's. I mean, I hope it goes well. NFL coaching is is such a different animal. And yeah. It's like I I don't I don't understand. And it's also, by the way, entirely possible there are great coaches who are great college coaches who are terrible NFL coaches, like Chip Kelly and Nick Saban. Yeah. Uh, and then I think there's the reverse. I think that yeah. there are great college coach or terrible college coaches not that Cliff Kingsbury is terrible but guys whose game is much more suited yeah. coaching style is much more suited to the NFL I don't know what Cliff Kingsbury is we'll find out uh, but uh, I know folks in Arizona are fired up about it so we'll see yeah. what happens our man Rob Gross asks who are some of the state's top recruits who still do not have big offers that's kind of a not a thing that is like you can't be a top recruit and not have big offers. There's That's a like, good question for. Um, it's for more of a sliding scale. I think the more appropriate question is who are the best players in the state remaining without big offers, and you have to do it by class. And I think you're going to get down to a group of players who we really know and mm -hmm. we really like, but I think the average person probably hasn't heard of and isn't, and they aren't on recruiting. You mean radars. I don't know, like our Mister Texas Football Player of the Year? Yeah, Landry Gilpin, good example. Uh, you know, great. I know he doesn't have any big offers. He doesn't have any big offers. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean he should either. You know, I mean, uh, I don't think it's a perfect science, but I also don't think that there are a ton of good. Much like, in much like we were talking about with NFL coaching versus college coaching. Yeah. I think that one thing I've realized is that me watching a high school football player and saying, I think that kid is really good at football really doesn't mean a hill of beans. Yeah. Um, and that, that recruiting, recruiting next look for different things. That's why yeah. we like having Greg powers on because he kind of thinks about it in a different way. Yeah. I kind of look at it in the, how are you going to help a high school, your, your high school team win? Uh, that may not necessarily translate into the college ranks. Yeah. And there are absolutely guys. I know, uh, you know, we're already getting names thrown out. There are absolutely guys who are going to end up being better than all these people think they are. 100%. It's, it's true. But that doesn't mean every kid you think deserves more attention is that guy. So I think we need to see it from both sides. That's, that's all I'm going to throw out there. And finally, Tepper, pack your bags. Okay. Allison Brown says, I just want I just dropping by to let all of you know that you are most definitely invited to the parade in Longview, Texas this oh evening. Be loud gosh. and proud, Lobo Nation. When is it? Tonight? It's tonight? Yeah, pack your bags, man. Oh, we're going. That could be fun. We, we're going. Have fun, Longview. Be safe. Don't go crazy. We will not make or it. That is a long way, and uh, I'd be a little scared I'd never come back. It would just be too much fun. That would be fun. So have fun tonight. Yeah. Be safe. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for a very normal 30-minute Thursday show for the first time in, like, months on Texas Football Today.